Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Hey, I am uh, super pumped that you're here today. Believe that God's going to do some good things in this place. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today uh, about a principle that I believe has the ability to change your life. Principle has the ability to change your life. Our our heart here at Grace Hills, if you want to know what's our heartbeat, where do we go, what are we seeking after, is that we want to see you equipped with the tools and the knowledge necessary to experience all of the goodness of God in your life. We wanna see you experience God in your family and in your marriage and with your kids and in your job and your emotions and experience the goodness of God across every area of your life. And we wanna see God bring you joy and peace and hope and fulfillment across your life. How many you know that there is a joy that you cannot get anywhere other than God? There's a peace, right, that, that in the midst of circumstances, like we were just praying, and even in the midst of circumstances that are crazy and difficult, and you're walking through it, that God can bring you a peace that the rest of the world will go, how in the world are they walking with peace right now? God can bring that into your life. He can bring you hope in the situations that look hopeless. One of the things I love in a story of Abraham in the Bible says that he hoped when there was no reason for hope. And the reason why is because his hope wasn't founded in his circumstances or in the people around him, but it was founded in God. Amen? We want to be those type of people. Our heart and what we try to do here is that we want to equip you with the knowledge and tools so that way you can experience that in your life. And today, here's what I want to talk to you about is a principle that I believe opens the door for you to experience the fullness of God in your life. And the principle that we believe has the ability to do that, possibly maybe more than anything else we do is this, is putting God first in your life. We we named this series that we're going to be talking fully living, and we want to see God in your life. And I want to pause here because I know that uh, maybe you have heard that 8,000 times before, that put God first in your life. Maybe if you were in church, you've heard us, have heard people say, hey, just put God first in your life. And it's something that we, we say and that we hear. But I think the breakdown, the challenge sometimes is how do I do that? And here's the reason we think that it will change your life. We're going to talk today about how to begin to apply that to your life. And here's the reason why we believe it change your life is this, is that putting God first in your life puts him in the driver's seat of your life rather than making him the cleanup crew in your life. There's a very big difference there. How is your mentality of God? Because for so many of us, the way, and you maybe wouldn't say this, right? You wouldn't say, well, God's just the cleanup crew in my life. He's not actually the director and driver of my life. And you wouldn't probably say that, But I think practically, the way a lot of us live is that we don't have God as our director and driver of our life, but we have him as the cleanup crew, that we add him to the back end of our life so that way when we screw up, he can come and clean it up. And I'll I'll say this, God is absolutely merciful and gracious to you. And so if you came in here today and you need God to work in your life and clean up some areas in your life, maybe you came in here and you are battling with addiction. God wants to help you find freedom from that. If you came in here and you are in the midst of infidelity, God wants to bring you and bring you out of that and see your family restored. If you are in the middle of whatever thing that you are in the midst of, God is a good God who loves you, who is gracious, who is merciful, who wants to bring you in and say, hey, I see where you are and I forgive you for where you are. But then he also wants to bring us freedom in our life as we move forward. And so God is absolutely gracious and merciful. But I want to, when I think about my life, 
I want to structure my life in such a way that I am not constantly needing God to bail me out of my dumb decisions. Anybody else there? Like, I know that God is gracious, and I know that he is merciful, and like, I want him to come and do that when I, when I fail and when I do these things, but at the same time, I don't want to live there. I don't want to be stuck in this area where I'm constantly just all the time having God come and bail me out. But I want to begin to live in his freedom and in his goodness and in his life that he's called me to live. And see, that happens when we allow God to direct our lives rather than just clean up our lives. And that's who we're called to be. I'll say it another way is that we experience the goodness of God not just his grace, mercy, and redemption when we put him in the driver's seat of our lives. And here's the reason why is this, is because when I am the director of my life, I get to experience all that I have to offer, right? But when God is the director of my life, I get to experience all the good that God has to offer. And that's a big difference, When I am the director and I'm the driver and I'm the one who's planning out my life and I'm the one who's making my decisions and I'm the one who's doing all this, we I get capped out at my knowledge and my goodness and everything that I have. And that's not the place that I wanna be. I wanna be able to experience all that God has to offer, all of his goodness, all of his joy, all of his peace, all of his rest in my life. And that only happens, right, when I begin to put him in the driver's seat of my life rather than me. When I look at my life, I'm this way. I don't want to cap my joy and my peace and my hope and my fulfillment and the goodness of my marriage and my relationships and how I interact with them and my future at my ceiling of my ability and my knowledge and my goodness. But I want to be able to experience more than just what I can give, be able to experience all that God gives. And the only way to experience the fullness of God in my life is when I begin to put him first. I love the way Solomon says it. If you have a Bible, Solomon's 120, or Psalms 127.1. This is Solomon, one of the wisest people that ever lived. And he's talking here and he talks about the importance of God being the director of your life. And he says it this way. He says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builder is wasted. Now, when he says this, house is a metaphor. We see this later for our lives and, and who we are and as we're building families and lives. And he says this, he says, it's pointless, right? He's saying, another version says that you build it in vain if it's not God that builds it. And that's huge. And you think about this, is written from Solomon, a guy who's incredibly wise, had all kinds of riches, had everything you could ever want. This is a guy who, by worldly standards, had built the greatest life that you could ever see. And he's coming at the end of this after he's put in a lot of effort, a lot of time, all of these things that built this great thing that everybody else would look at and say, hey, that's great. And he says, unless God builds it, it's all in vain. It's pointless unless God is involved. And then he says, it goes on, he says, unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. He's this guy that commands armies. And he says, look, unless God is involved and God is protecting this, unless God is building this, it is pointless in your life. And I would say the same thing over your life. Unless God is the builder of your life, all of your effort is in vain. All of it is in vain. And the problem that we are facing right now in Western society is that you can build a pretty decent life on your own. Like you can, you can get a job 
You can have a family. You can do, you can get a boat. You can get a vacation house. You can do a lot of things, right? And you can build a pretty decent life on your own and go on a decent vacation and do some things. And, and we get this false sense of like, that is all that life is for us. And so many of us have been tricked into thinking that houses and boats and promotions and vacations are the good life. And those are all good things. I'm not, I'm not against those. Like, I like boats. Like, I, I like vacations. I'm gonna try to take one after a little while. Like, it, it, like, these are all good things. None of them are bad, but there is a level of fulfillment in your life that you'll never reach without God. That's why you get these billionaires, right? Have everything you could ever wanted. Have every piece of everything they could ever want, and yet there's still a hole. There's still emptiness, right? Because like the old saying, you know, money isn't everything. It's when we have that fulfillment from God in our lives and we know we're living who God's called us to be. A marriage, you're in your marriage right now. You, you can have a decent marriage, but your marriage will never be what it's supposed to be without God as the leader of that marriage. And you can try, you can read every self-help book, you can do everything you want, but if God is not, if you don't know the love of God and then are able to give that love of God that God has given you to your spouse, it's pointless and you're never gonna be at the point that God has for you. There is a goodness that God has to offer you that so many times we fail and we miss out on because we don't put him first in our lives. And we've been living decent American lives when God has so much more to offer you. So much more to offer you. If you want to experience all that God has to offer, you have to make a change where, where you make God the director rather than the cleanup crew in your life. To have a God-blessed and directed life, he can't be just merely a value add to your life. I'll give you an example. So Casey and I, uh, Casey has figured out this new great trick to manipulate me on trips. And... Um, <laughs> And so we have like the uh, Apple CarPlay, you know, where you plug in your phone and then it pops up on the screen and you can do all that stuff. That's great. And so she's found out this trick that as we're driving, we'll, we'll take this like cross-country trip or we'll be driving this long distance. So she'll put in our final destination and it'll pop up and it'll be great and I'll see it. And I was like, okay, that's great. So I just start trucking. Then what I don't realize is that there's this like little feature that you can do where you can add in little waypoints. And so we're driving along and she just gets on there and is like, where is a Starbucks coming up? And she like plugs this little thing in and so all of a sudden, I'm just driving, don't realize these things. And then uh, it tells me about an hour later to like exit here. And I'm like, well, this is a weird way to go. And then I see a Starbucks about a half mile down. I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> she does that for Starbucks and Home Goods. Because um, apparently every Home Goods has different things and we got to stop at all of them. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, you know it's true. Oh. But she adds these little waypoints that we go. And here's, here's, here's where I'm going with that. Is that for a lot of you, a lot of us, sometimes that's the mentality that we have with God. We, we set the destination. We set ultimately where we're going. We have this place that we're going. And then, and then the mentality of God is he's some way, waypoints that we add along the way. So there's this moment where we maybe we add God here. We add God into this little moment of our life where we add God into here. And so I'll, I'll, well, you know, I'm setting the direction of my life, but we'll, we'll go to church on Sunday here. Well, I'm setting the direction of my life, but we'll, we'll do this thing. And God is a add-on to your life and he's not the director and driver and setter of the destination in your life. And you know what happens when that happens? 
is that the destination is still where you're taking you and you're just getting some offshoots of what God. But what I want you to understand today is that the destination that God wants to set in your life is so much greater than the destination that you set on your own. And if you would trust him, not to just put him in a waypoints as you go, but as the driver and director of your life, you will be amazed at what God begins to do in your life and the directions that he takes you as he's not just the cleanup crew, but as he's the director of your life. If you want to experience the fullness of God in your life, if you want his joy and peace and fulfillment and hope and direction, then he just can't be just a waypoint. He's got to be the director. So this brings in the question of this is, how do I make God the director of my life? It's great for us to understand that and come to that point of, yeah, put God first in my life. But how do we begin to do that? So today we're going to start a series and, and we're going to do this week and the next two weeks. And what we're going to do is we're going to break down three areas of our life so many times where where we begin to take over on our own. And if we would give God priority in those areas, how it would vastly change your life. And that's my heart here today. If you wanna know where I'm coming from is I wanna see your marriage prosper and do well. I wanna see your life do well. That's the heart of what we're here. We're here to walk this journey out with you and see you experience the goodness of God. So today, here's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the foundational issue. The beginning of it all is putting God first in your life. And, and, and if you're going to start with anything, it's this. Putting God first in your decisions. That's the basis of it all. Putting God first in your decisions. And the question we want to answer today for you is, how do I put God first in my decisions? Because I think that uh, we, we hear that phrase, we say put God first, but I think so many times we, we believe it, right? And we would say, I believe that. We understand the importance of it, like that's a good thing, and we want to do it, but the hard part is how do I actually begin to do that in my life? Because it's a big platitude to say, hey, I put God first in my life, but how do, how do I do that? What does that practically look at? And the breakdown for so many of our lives is this, is we believe it, but we don't know how to do it. We believe it, but we don't know how to do it. And I wonder how many times in our lives we don't experience the fullness of God and what he has to offer because we don't know practical knowledge about how to put him first in our lives. And we don't ever experience all that he has. So I wanna help you with that. And so here's what we're gonna do today is I wanna show you how to put God first in your decision-making. So to help you with this, I wanna draw you out um, just really quickly, just a version of, of, of decisions, a funnel of decision-making of where you can begin to put God first in your decision. So we're gonna have this of a funnel of decisions, right? And there's kind of three processes that we want to begin to show you in your decision making. And so the first one here that we're going to have that is the first kind of area of your life is we're going to say word. Everybody say word. Okay. Second area of your life here that is in your decision making is guidance. Everybody say guidance. Y'all talk faster than I write. And the third one here that we're going to say is this, is wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. I was telling Casey yesterday when I was thinking through this sermon, I was telling her, I was like, if I was a real preacher, I would have made that middle one a W, and it'd be WWW, just like a good <laughs> preacher. But I'm not. So you get WGW. So, anywho, one of these days I'll grow up. 
Here's what I want you to understand is, we're, is these are the, the funnels of our decisions. As we're making decisions, if we'll begin to run them through these decisions, we'll, we'll begin to have make godly decisions and put him first in your life. If you're gonna put God first in your decision making, the first filter that you have to run your decisions through is number one is this, is does it line up with the word of God? It's a simple, it's an easy place to start. Does it line up with the word of God? This is the easy first filter because if one of the options of your decision does not line up with the word of God, then it's settled. It's easy. That's where you start at and that's, that's the easy way to weed out everything. Does it line up with the word of God? What am I doing in my life? I had a friend and he came to me about a year or two ago and he was having this, <laughs> he's having this problem and he was telling me that he was wanting to get engaged to this girl. And so he was telling me all about how he was really struggling and he loved her and wanted to get engaged to her, but, um, but she wasn't a Christian and so he was just having a hard time with it. And he's like, and so, so I know that she's not a Christian. I know, know God's word, you know, it says, that but I really love her and I really like her and I was like man it sounds like the decision's already made for you like, like it's it's very obvious what God's word says and I, and I told him I was like man God's word isn't there to tell you that you're that to marry a Christian because he wants to ruin your fun or because he doesn't care about your relationship but it's because he cares about you and he knows the damage that that can cause and he knows that your life isn't going to be directed and be able to be what God's called you to be if you don't line up with the word of God and it's, he's good father who loves you and cares about you and when we run our decisions through the word of God it is good because we are able to have the protection and wisdom and guidance of God in our lives. Uh, let me say this, and I want to I hit this hard. God's word is not there, right, to ruin your life or to, or to put boundaries that hurt you, but it's always there because he is wiser than we are, he is smarter than we are, and he cares about you, and these boundaries are here because he loves you. It's like a, like a dad who puts a, who puts a, a, what is it, the little, I'm trying to baby-proof our house right now, right? Trying to figure all this stuff out. And you got the little, little plug thing, what is that, where you plug it in the little light socket, you know? You know what I'm talking about. You know, you put that thing in there, it's not because I'm trying to say, oh, little guy, I want to ruin your life and keep you from having fun. But it's like, no, I don't want you to shock yourself and kill yourself, right? And so those boundaries are there for our good, to give us safety and protection, and so when we make our decisions of God, if we want to put God first in our life, the very first place that we go, right, is to run these things to the word of God. See, I'd say it this way. The word of God is the first filter of our lives because it is the wisdom, protection, and direction of God for you. If we could grasp that and understand that, it'll change your life. See, when we think that we're smarter than the word of God, we remove ourselves from the wisdom, protection, and direction of God. This is where we get to a lot of times in society is we, we say, okay, I know the word of God says this, but I, but I feel this and I wanna do this. All you're doing is removing yourself from the protection, direction, and wisdom of God. That's not a place I wanna be. God's smarter than I am. God's wiser than I am. He loves me more than I even love myself. He created me. He knows me. He knows what will be good, what will cause destruction. God gets all of this. And in his word, he says, here's how I'm gonna help guide you because I know these things. And when we begin to think that we are smarter than God, all we're doing is removing ourselves from that protection and wisdom of God. Here's a couple scriptures to help you. Matthew 7, 24 says it this way. Some of you may have heard this one before. It says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follow it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
It says, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and does it and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, most of you have probably heard that story about the man who builds his house on sand, the man who builds his house on rock. And the popular version of that that we say is, well, if you just give your life to God and trust God and believe in God, then everything's gonna be fine. It's not what the text says. What does it say? It says, anyone who listens to my teachings and does them, in other words, the person who runs their decisions through the word of God, that I know what God says and I'm gonna do it. That's the difference. It's not just this ethereal, oh, I believe in God and so now everything is gonna just through karma gonna work out and it's gonna be okay. No, that's not what it is. What does he say? If you hear my words and you do them, then your life will be built on a solid rock. And when the winds come, and adversity comes, because it will. It does, notice it doesn't say if adversity comes into your life. It says when it comes, when you face challenges, you're gonna stand firm and you're gonna be able to be okay because your life is built on the rock of Christ Jesus, which is the word of God that he's built inside of your life. Your decisions are built on the word of God. Let me give you another one. 2 Timothy 3.16 says it this. It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true that's helpful in my decisions, right? And to make us realize what's wrong in our lives, that's helpful in my decisions. It corrects me when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I love it. All scripture, that's what it's there for. The basis of our decisions have to be rooted in the word of God because if we're gonna put God first in our lives, then the foundation has to be his word. Because when the world changes and culture changes popular opinion changes when people change and are constantly shifting the only thing that stands firm is the and the only thing that you can stand on absolutely is the word of God you've heard this before but I'm just going to tell you again because it's so important that we make our decisions right on the word of God if you try to make your decisions off of popular opinion, you're gonna look real good right now for about 30 seconds and then about five years when the morality of the world has changed, then you're just gonna sit there and you're gonna look like a dummy. Like that's what we're gonna do. But what we've gotta be is people that say, the only thing that stands firm, the only thing I can trust is the word of God. And as time goes, Things shift, I know I can stand on the word of God. And here's the reality. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be real honest with you. There's gonna be decisions that we're gonna have to make as Christians and you as a Christian that sometimes go against popular opinion. And that's the reality of life. And there's gonna be these moments when you are moving forward and you're walking through life and you're gonna be faced with two decisions. And one option is gonna be to follow God the other option is gonna be a way that you think might, might actually set you back or not do something right. But here's what I wanna encourage you with today is that when you follow God, he always holds his promises. He's always good to you. He's always the one that you can trust and follow through. I think about the story of Joseph. 
right? When, when Potiphar's wife came to him, if you know that story, Potiphar's wife came to him and, and um, tried to trap him into some sexual sin, and it would have been easier and better for him, right, as he was moving forward, theoretically according to the world, to just fall into that. But he chose to follow God chose to follow God. In a moment of what seemed like set him back in that moment, God actually used to drive him and propel him forward. That's why the first step that we've got to make when we're making decisions is God first decision. If we're going to make a God first decision, it's the word of God. If your desire is to experience all that God has for you and make God first decisions, the word of God needs to be the first filter that you run these things through. Here's the second thing. After you run your decisions through the word of God, There are times that there's still ambiguity and like there's things that are permissible in the word of God and you're still trying to figure out exactly what do I do? How do I walk through this? And so I'd say the second thing that we begin to do is this, is we ask God for his guidance and we're sensitive to it. We talked last week, if you were here, about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit comes to give you direction that he works in your life. God is not silent. We don't read the word of God where he says all of these times that God spoke to people and that God led people and that God worked in people's lives and then all of a sudden, now he doesn't do that anymore. No, God wants to give you guidance and direction in your life. He wants to help you. Noah was told to build an ark. God God led him in in his heart. Acts 8 talks about Philip, how the Holy Spirit led him to go stand by this chariot and what happened there. Acts 10 tells about Peter, how God directed him and led him to go talk to these people and who and what to say. Acts 16 talks about how Paul and Timothy, the Holy Spirit led them and told them not to go to Asia and like directed them in their lives. See, there's a guidance of the Holy Spirit that we need to be sensitive to in our lives. James Wellen tells us, and we say this all the time, that God says to ask for wisdom, that he is faithful to grant it. And we see in Paul's letters that he says that the Holy Spirit, right, is, is the spirit of wisdom, that he comes in and he gives us direction and guidance. God still speaks to his people. Uh, I, if I could get you to capture anything today, it would be this. Man, trust and listen for the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. Now, this is tricky for some people, so I'll help you understand what it looks like. It's usually this, this pulling of God in our hearts that we have a, a few years ago, or not a few years ago, about a year ago. Uh, we were trying to figure out if, um, if Grace Hills was the place for us to come to. And so we, we were at this place where we were really excited about Grace Hills, and we thought we were looking for a church that we could plant our lives in for 30 years and, like, a place that we could go to and, like, this is going to be our church, these are going to be our people, and these are the lives that we're going to go with for the next 30 years. And so we were really trying to figure out, is, is this the place that we were going to go? And so we were, at, it was at the end of February, so about a month away, that we were going to have this, this final interview where we were going to come in and, and talk and and so we were coming in on a Thursday here to to um, Northwest Arkansas to meet with all the elders and talk to everybody again and, and it was going to be a cool deal and so we were excited about that and so Sunday morning before before we were going to come in the church that we were at where we had been serving for a long time we were associate pastors at this place for a long time and man God was it was a cool place and people loved us it was a great place we loved those people but we just felt like God was kind of moving us into a new season but the Sunday morning before we came here on Thursday uh, the pastor came off the stage and said told me he's like hey can I meet you in my office and I was like okay well this is a little interesting and, uh, and you never you know I don't know, you never want to get called in the pastor's office that's always a little nerve-wracking <laughs> That's why we don't have an office. I just call you to, to the restaurant, so it's good. Um, 
But he called me in, and it was interesting because we sat there in... Um, and we didn't know what was going to shake out with here. And we had actually had other offers of places to go, but we had just turned them down. And so we, we just weren't publicizing what we were, that we were even open to anything because we just didn't know. We were just really open to God. And so he sits down in that chair and he said, looked at me and he said, hey, I wanted to let you know. I've been there for almost 40 years. And he said, hey, I want to let you know that we're um, um, retiring next week. And um, I've been talking to the board, and they want to talk to you tonight, and they want to offer you to be pastor of this church. Which was kind of a little bit of like a little bit of a shock of like, okay, this is difficult. Because now we are at this place where we've got two really great things. Two things that would follow, is it under God's word to lead people and to like lead them to God and to do these things? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that doesn't help me much. Both of these are great things. Both of these are great things that God wants to do. So then it goes to the guidance thing. And that was the hardest thing is because there was people that we loved there, people that we, that we had this emotional connection to in these things. And we came and we, we begin to walk out this weekend as we were here. And as we prayed, as we believed, there was just something that we, as we were driving back to Elk City, there was just a thing in our gut that we just could not shake, that this is where God had called us to be. And it wasn't something I can describe and just say, hey, the Holy Spirit is this big giant thing and he's gonna put on a billboard that says, go to Grace Hills. <laughs> I wish it was that way because I was over at the A-loft over there for a little while walking around in circles saying, well, what is going on? I thought this was the place and now this other opportunity popped up. Like, God, what are you doing? Like, is this the place? Is this not the place? I was 100% sure this was the place. Like, God, what are, what are you doing? But as I begin to walk through it and process and I ask God for wisdom, I said, God, you love me more than I love myself. God, you know what you want me to do. You know the place that, you know the heart's desire. You know the people that we want to walk life out with. And God, I want to be wherever you want us to be and do whatever you want us to do. And so, and I just put it before him and I said, God, you're going to have to help me and give me some direction in this. And as we begin to walk this out, I mean, God just clearly put it in. Ah, yeah, this is the place that you're supposed to be. These are the people. And it was this pulling and tugging of our hearts. What is that? That's the thing of when, when the word of God isn't just clear on a specific thing, you begin to go to guidance and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need you in this thing. It's not even just in big things. Sometimes it's in smaller decisions that maybe you don't even realize are decisions. There's moments in my life, right, where I'm walking through life and, and I just feel a tugging on my heart of the Holy Spirit saying, you need to spend some time with your wife. You need to go invest in her some. What is that? That's a small decision that I'm making that the Holy Spirit is guiding me in on the decisions of my life and the decisions of my time. See, God loves you. God cares about your future. He cares about your life. He cares about your marriage. He cares about your kids. And I'll tell you this, be sensitive to his leading. He wants your marriage to be good. He wants your kids to have a good parent. Like he wants to lead you in these things let me give you a, a couple boundaries here. Now, as we're talking about the guidance of the Holy Spirit, let me give you a little bit of wisdom here as how you begin to know and some boundaries that are kind of like the bumpers on a bowling lane that keep you balanced, right? That keep you right where you need to be. And I'll say a couple things real quickly just to help you with that. God never says anything contradictory to his word. If you come out and you think, oh, the Holy Spirit told me something and it is against God's word, that is not God at all. That's you, and you need to run from that because that is not right at all. 
It's an easy boundary to say, hey, does this line up, the thing that I'm feeling, line up to the word of God? That's the easy first one. And the second thing is the Bible tells us as the Holy Spirit leads us that, that we are, we're to test things. It means you don't automatically just have to jump in something, but that you can test it. A lot of times what you can do is go to people for wisdom, right? You can ask people about it. When we were making decisions, when big decisions that I made, and I, and I feel the pulling of the Holy Spirit, I don't just go, okay, that's it, and I just run with it, but I begin to test those things. And I begin to say, does this make sense? Is this where God is leading? Is this, and I ask some other people, and bring wise people in it. Those are good things to do. But if you want to experience all that God has for you, you can't ignore his leading in your life. You can't do it. He wants to lead you. He wants to help you. So we're making these decisions. We, we begin with the word of God, say, does it line up with the word of God, okay? That leads me to the next thing. Is the Holy Spirit giving me guidance in this thing, okay? And you look for that, but here's the third stage of decisions because there's some times where, where there is no leading specifically of the Holy Spirit. It's within the word of God. And so the third thing that I would tell you is that you're making a decision. Then you come to the point where you go, what does wisdom tell me to do? What does wisdom tell me to do? When you have a decision to make and it looks and you look at it and say it is permissible in the word of God, there is no leading specifically of the Holy Spirit to do, use your God-given wisdom. And I think this is where people get out of balance when they begin to put God first. Sometimes they think everything's got to be super spiritual and uber spiritual and they get to this imbalanced place where when they go to Sonic and they say, do you want fries or tots? They say, I don't know, let me pray about it, right? And the answer is always fries because tots are just hash browns. <laughs> And if it's lunch, don't get them. Like, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> but if you like red cars, buy a red car. Like, you don't need the Holy Spirit to tell you this. But, but it's just use wisdom. God's given you a brain, use it, right? God has also given you people around your life. When I say wisdom, it's not just wisdom on your part. The word of God says that there is a safety in a multitude of counselors. When I'm making a decision that's a little bit more tricky and one that I've got to decide, I got people in my life that I go to and I, biblical people that I walk to and say, I put it before them and I say, hey, what, what, what does your heart say about this? What do you, what do you feel on this? It's wise. That's why we have a church body is it's not just for fellowship. It's not just to come in here, but it's also for protection. And the Bible says that uh, we preached on this a, a couple months ago that the, that the church is there to help bring discernment into your life. So if you've got a decision that you're trying to work through, I would say there are some godly people in this room who would love to hear you and talk to you and walk that out with you. There is safety in a multitude of counselors and I would encourage you Right In these decisions, as you're walking wisdom, is you don't have to do the wisdom part on your own. Bring some other people in it. God has given you, uh, God wants to give you that in your life. So here's the way that I would summarize God first decisions. As we're looking at this and saying, how would I summarize it? I would put it this way, is that we want to be people that are founded on the word of God, that we are led by the Holy Spirit, and that we use our God-given wisdom. That's how we become God-first people in our decisions, is that we are founded on the word of God, that everything is ran through the word of God, that we are led by the Holy Spirit in what we do, and that we use our God-given wisdom. And as we do that, here's what I genuinely believe, is that we get to begin to experience the fullness of God in our lives, because it puts him first as the director and driver of our lives. Here's the cool thing uh, I think happens, and I've seen this happen in other people's lives and began to see this happen in my life, 
is that this isn't a system that you have to go to every decision and go, okay, well, let me run it through this pace and then this pace and this pace. But as you begin to walk this out in your life, it begins to become second nature in your life. It begins to be the type of person that you're operating as. And then it begins to just rule. It's just your normal way of making decisions. So a lot of decisions that I'm making now, I don't have to sit there and go, it has this line up to the word of God, but I already innately have this understanding of I'm processing things through the word of God, right? I'm, I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit and then I'm using wisdom and, the, and I'm structured in this way. And it's the hierarchy in a sense of my decision-making that it's just become second nature. And this would be what I would encourage you with. So that this isn't something you just got to stick to a framework, but as it begins to become a part of who you are, begins to guide and direct your life. Now, before we close, I want to bring up one more thing, and I want to say this, and I think this is important, is that we get weird into a bad place. We get wonky in our lives when we do one of two things. And the one of two things is this, is that we try to get these things out of order, and then we get weird and wonky. So if you try to put the guidance of, uh, of God or the wisdom before the word of God, then what ends up happening in our lives, I've seen this happen over and over and over, is that we, try, we end up trying to manipulate the word of God to go through what we're feeling or to line up to what we think is right. And that's a bad place to be. God's word is there for your protection and your direction and your guidance, and it is absolute. And if you try to get these things out of order and move these to the first things, it'll cause destruction in your life. The other place where we get wonky and we get weird is when we try to just use one of these things. If you just say, I'm gonna make all my decisions just by the word of God, you're gonna probably make some half decent decisions, but you're not gonna have the wisdom of how to implement them in your life. And you're gonna be one of the, one of the weird people out there that are making decisions and that <laughs> you know the Christians I'm talking about. Don't do that, right? We believe the word of God, but as we believe the word of God and trust the word of God, we also run it through our wisdom and implement them right in our lives. People that just say, oh, I'm just gonna follow the Holy Spirit. That's all there is. I'm just gonna be guided by the Holy Spirit. That is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. I knew a guy in a town and he had a good marriage. There was no biblical reasons for divorce. And he came out and he had this big deal where uh, God told him to leave his wife and go marry this other girl. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That is not God at all. It's not. And what happens so many times for people is they begin to fall into this area and live this all as everything and their emotions are driving everything and they don't have the boundaries to to give them the safety and direction. The other part that we get to is, and this is where our world gets to so many times, is that we try to make all of our decisions off of our wisdom. And what happens when that is, is you cap yourself at your wise without your wisdom, your goodness, your direction. And we get wonky and weird and get off. And that's not who we're called to be. Here's what we wanna be, is we wanna be people that are founded on the word of God, that we are led by the Holy Spirit, and that we're using our God-given wisdom. When we allow those parameters to drive our decision makings, we put God in the driver's seat and position ourselves to experience the fullness of God in our lives. And that's my hope for you today. It's my hope for me. Like I said before, the biggest thing for us is that we want, we want you to experience the fullness of God. 
We don't want you to have this life where you are just stuck in this repetition of your wisdom in your life and that you're constantly needing God to come and just clean up your messes and do these things. But we want to see you begin to find freedom. We want to begin to see you live out the purpose that God has for you. We want to see you begin to live out the life that he's called for you. And the way we do that is when we put him first in our decisions. And that's our hope, is that you will begin to put God first and experience his goodness in your life. I genuinely believe that nothing will impact your life on your marriage and your future and your kids and your peace more than making God first decisions in your life. And if you'll do it, I believe that God will work. Amen. Hey, let me pray for you. God, we thank you that you love us so much. That you've given us your word and your spirit to drive us and to to help us in our lives, to give us good direction and wisdom. Mm. So God, we just pray today. We ask you to give us wisdom, to give us direction, to give us guidance. We ask you for that today. God, we want to experience all that you have to offer us. So God, I just pray for us here today that you will begin, maybe some people in here that are stuck in a cycle of bad decisions. You'll work in our hearts and begin to shift us out of that into who you called us to be. I ask you for that today. In Jesus' name. Hey, let me also, as we're closing out here, I mentioned this at the beginning, but I want to mention it to you again. We're talking about healing and restoration in Jesus and walking in the right way. But I want to mention again today, maybe you came in here and you're like, hey, that's great, but my life is a mess right now. We want to see you grow. We want to see you move forward. But I want you to understand it does not matter what you came in here with. What failures you have, you're not alone in this building. I think one of the things the enemy tries to tell us is that when we're struggling with something, he tries to convince us that we're the only ones in the world who ever struggle with that. And we got to hide and we got to live in shame because we're the people who have done that. But I want you to know today, and there is freedom in Jesus. There's healing in Jesus. Your life does not have to be defined by who you've been, but as you give your life to him, the penalty for your sins and what you've done are paid for on the cross. And now you have the freedom to live in who he's called you to be. So if you came in here today, and maybe that's you, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything, ask you to raise your hand or anything like that today. But I do wanna encourage you. Don't leave this building the same way. Don't leave this building the same way. Now you've been putting some of these things on hold for a while. Today's your day to make a change, to give your life to God and see what he can do. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. 
So Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. God, I pray for the people in here that want to know you. They came in here with some baggage, some hurts, frustrations. God, we thank you that we can trust you with our lives. We can trust you with everything we are. So we give it to you today. We give it to you. God, we declare that you are Lord of our lives. We believe that you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead to give us new life. And God, we trust in you. And we declare today that we're gonna put you first in our lives, that you will be Lord, not just Savior. We trust you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.